Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Popple along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. And uh, Carl, I know it's been a busy week for you. Yeah. With another starter line being released. Uh, this one, not the Black Ice one, this one pertaining to football. Uh, and we're going to get into that during the course of the show because I'm looking at, first of all, your uh, whoever your photographer was, I mean, everything was like on point. Like That's seriously. the Giants, the Giants' very own Matt Swin. Oh. Him and Dave, uh, uh, Mike Becton, I'm saying Dave, Mike Becton and Matt Swin are, they are, they should win awards for the stuff they're doing. It's just right, incredible. We're going to put some pictures up later on. I know you'll get that to our producer, Alex. But, you know, the Giants play the Packers this week. And we're going to get into our preview in just a bit. But to get things started, we're going to welcome in a very special guest. If you watch this podcast, you're a hardcore Giants fan. And if you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, if you're not following Big Blue VCR, then you're missing something. Matt from Big Blue VCR joins us here on Believe in Giants. Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Carl. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a big listener. I've been telling a friend to tell a friend for a while since you started, nice. so I'm thrilled to be on. So explain to the audience where this passion, not for the Giants, but to create this Twitter handle, Big Blue VCR, came from. And uh, we have to get into the weeds of your library, but let's start with what motivated you to do this. Um. Really, it was a combination of boredom and looking for something to do, especially during the pandemic, when we were all kind of like home once it hit and a lack of things to see and do, especially like as it was first kind of like settling in. Um, at that point, like most of us, we started working from home. And mm -hmm. for many years, you know, I have been, you know, collecting and taping giant games. And then I spent time converting them all onto these you know, digital format, putting them on hard drives, but I was always working. I was commuting into the city and stuff like that. So I, you know, I'd be able to see the stuff on the weekends and, and whatnot when I had some time. But when we were home, there was nothing, there was a whole lot of nothing to do. So to kind of keep myself occupied, I just started taking these clips and putting them out on Twitter and it started to pick up steam and people like enjoyed them. Cause I think people are also looking for something to do. And, you know, it was a little bit of you know, in some ways, kind of like comfort food going back and seeing like, you know, old giant clips, which were always, uh, you know, I tried to make them positive and things that people remembered and, and liked. And I started, to, I didn't really know anything about, you know, Twitter, it was called Twitter at the time. Like I, you know, I wasn't a big Twitter person. I, I had the account created just to kind of like follow news and stuff, but I started to get more active. Then I started tagging players and personalities and they started interacting and it just kind of fed on itself. And as I got more feedback from, the players and fans and others, I started, you know, they asked for old clips and I would find them and put them up and then it would just kind of grew from there. I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. Bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute stats, news scores and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news and odds. 
from week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, as the Giants come up on their 100 year um, anniversary, these are the kind of things that that serve as primers, if you will. Like people can, you know, the emotional connection that fans have with their team, um, and it's especially some of the great moments in Giant history is just it is just amazing. Some of the stuff that you you put out because I'm like I'm looking at some of the plays that I've been involved in. I'm like, wow, I was pretty good, you know, like some of the San Francisco stuff. Um, but it is just, it's just amazing that like the depth of footage that you have too. It's just not, you know, just highlight stuff that you can pick up on any post game. This stuff is pretty good. This is like, you're finding really broadcast, like you, like your VCR and everything or whatever. But like, as you're watching the game, you're capturing some really good stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting you say that, Carl, because one of the things I do is I have the original broadcasts. It actually, the the collection I have started in the mid-80s because as the time the Giants were really getting good, I was like, you know, 1984 to 85, I was 10, 11 years old. So mm-hmm. I wasn't able to stay up to watch the Monday night games. So what I would do is I'd record them and then come back the next day and watch. And that's wow. why like my biggest surprise was 86 in San Francisco. I went to bed, it was 17 nothing. And then I, I wake up and it's, you know, win 21-17. So I had all of these tapes kind of like, you know, the full broadcast, which I kept on, you know, mm-hmm. on the side. They were like in a, in, in a box in like a, in a closet at, at my house where I grew up. And I remember my mother saying to me a few years back, she's like, you know, Matt, I'm going to throw these things out. And I'm like, no, 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 don't throw them out. I'll take them. And then I took them and I started converting them. And then that's when I found there's this like group of, you know, passionate not only Giant fans, but other NFL fans of old footage they would keep. Yeah. And I started trading tapes and everything. And I now have about 840 Giant games, believe it or not. Like full wow. broad, full broadcasts going back, in some cases, even to the late 60s that I was able to convert. And as I got into the practice of like leading up to the Giants' next opponent, I started going back and looking at old games and cutting them up. And that's where I'm finding that stuff from like, Oh, in the second quarter, John Madden mentioned this one thing here. And then later on, if you hear like, you know, some like uh, some famous highlights afterwards, you can see like from the original broadcast, like how the thought process went and why he would be talking about things like that. Yeah. And you, can, you can find these little nuggets you're going along and it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's only a trip down memory lane, but also like you mentioned for yourself, like seeing these old highlights, like, you know, wow, like I was good at this. You can see now the plays that the teams are making in the eighties. And as we're talking to younger fans and they're probably like, Oh, these, you know, these old guys are just, you know, just talking about the glory days. Yeah. I can show the original tapes. Like, here it is. Like you could see it for yourself. And they're like, Oh, like, you know, Carl was amazing against the 49ers and LT really was, you know, the goat. All stuff. They can see it at yeah. the time it was, which actually gives a better perspective of, of, you know, uh, it, it gives more gravitas to the stories we've been telling. So one of my questions is, and we're talking with Matt from Big Blue VCR, and in order to keep some anonymity, we have the logo, not necessarily him on camera. Um, You know, one of the things I think that is really cool is you will pay homage to giants that 
maybe weren't part of championship teams that weren't on great teams and players that were not necessarily stars even when they were playing. They were good players. But if it's their birthday, um, Mm -hmm. you'll put up some video of that player. Like, how do you have it all uh, cataloged where you can find all this stuff? You, You know, you find out that it's Jim Finn's birthday or, or, you know, something like that. And then you, you got it, and, and next thing you know, it's up. Yeah, Funny you mention that. Jim Finn's birthday, I think, is actually tomorrow. Uh, as you Look as you, at mentioned, this. As you mentioned that. And, and the reason He's I say that. He's got giant alerts. Yeah, the reason I say that is, is I'm not that crazy that I know exactly what it is. There, I, I do use uh, pro football reference that I look through, and I see the birthdays, and I look through the names, and we go, okay, these guys all played for the Giants, and I'll find them. I have the individual seasons all cataloged. So, like, I'll have the entire, like, you know, 80 season, 85, 90, whatever it is, all broken down the individual games. I will then, in some cases, I'll just remember like the player, a play that they made in the game that well, I'll then feature. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll go and I'll find that footage. In other cases, I'll do a little bit of digging and I'll look at like, you know, some old games they played and I'm like, oh, okay, in this one, he had an interception. Let me find when that was. And I'll scrub through and identify it. And to your point, Bob, like I, I actually kind of I, I like almost the challenge of finding some of these players that like are are lesser celebrated, I'll say. But mm. I love featuring guys, especially from those teams that didn't fall in the championship teams. Uh, an example, even just the, the other day is I was showing the Packers Giants 1983 in, on Monday night and uh, Rob Carpenter had a big game. I love showing Rob Carpenter highlights because Rob Carpenter is a guy who was so important to setting the foundation for the winning that came later for the giants. But unfortunately his last year was 85 for the giants. He yeah. just missed being there in 86. And I will tag Bobby Carpenter, his son who played for the Cowboys and Ohio state played there on these highlights. And he actually just posted a thing the other day where he was thanking me. Cause he's like, he was seeing these highlights for the first time of his father and he's showing it to his kids. So they're seeing their grandfather playing like at the height of his powers there, you know, you know, for the giants and, it's it's just something that's kind of like uh, you know a, a little bit like the, of the the passion behind it. Like I appreciate not only you know guys like Carl who have the rings, but the guys who like you know for one reason or another sometimes it's not on their own fault never got that. And you want to kind of like you know celebrate that as well. Listen, I, I can't. I I think I speak for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Giants fans at any level can't show enough appreciation for what you are giving us. Cause it is just, it is such a, like for young fans to have a point of reference. Right. And I, this is, I I don't want to say it's unique to all fan bases, but this one is unique because we can actually, our younger fans can actually have a point of reference to what, great giant teams were or what great giant moments were or great giant players and they can speak on it because they actually have it right and you're constantly feeding uh the brains of not only young giant fans but you know older fans alike that they can really kind of relive some of these moments or live them for the first time and really say wow these these were you know, great giant players or great giant games, or this is a memorable game. You know, that's it, just so many really good things that you're doing with this. So I, I just want to thank you. No, I, I appreciate that, Carl. Like I said, like, I, 
whatever I can do to even give back a little bit where I can in some of this, because one of the things I, I, I love hearing from people respond to me and, and, you know, Twitter can be a rough place as we all know, mm. you know, at different times, but like I have been fortunate that it's kind of like overwhelmingly been positive for the most part. I, I love when people write to act and they say, you know, I was sitting with my father the other day and he's, you know, he's getting up there in age and he he's responding and seeing some of these old clips I'm posting, even like some of the older stuff that I'll find from giant yearbooks that I'll have, you know, found off of YouTube and other places from like the 1960s and 50s in some cases. And I'll show those and they'll remember and they'll talk through the stories and things that they that they can, you know, uh, there's a lot of family when it comes to the Giants or the Giant fans, like a lot. Mm -hmm. of, it's it's families all come together around the Giants, you know, you know, during good times and bad. And when I'm posting this, I hear that feedback from people, you know, you know, thank me for that. And being able to do something where I'm kind of like having fun myself doing it and realizing that other people yeah. are enjoying it and and getting, you know, like, a, you know, like a, a positive feel from it without, you know, without me kind of like really completely full of like extending myself in that. Like, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to hear that. And you, and you're doing it out of passion, right? I mean, there's no business in this, right? It's not like you're monetizing it in any which way you're just doing it because you love it. Yeah, no, I've said I'm the worst businessman on earth when it comes to the giants, even my own season tickets, I will refuse to sell my season tickets to another team's fans. Like I just won't do it. I don't care like what they are, you know? So, uh, I, I, you know, the next dollar I make on this will be the first, it really is something that, um, you know, like maybe if I'm smarter, I would have figured out a way to do that. But for right now, it really, it really is just a passion project. And because of that, it, it gives me freedom to do things like right. I, can, I can show some random game from like 1982 or whatever that maybe someone would be like, I'm sure like there's somebody who has metrics on that. Like, oh, that's not the right, that's not the right angle, right? Buzz, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to show this thing because I think it's interesting. And, right. you know, I do pain week, which everyone has grown to love to hate. You know, that that thing is a nightmare to try to do. Like, you know, nobody in their right mind would do that. But I do it because I'm like, oh, I, I can because I'm not I'm not losing any money because I'm not making any money. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, um, I got uh, this has been I uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but has this not been a banner fall for you with as far as because um, I always retweet your stuff. I make comments on it and I've been a big fan of it since I first stumbled upon it. But you've suddenly gotten a lot of really cool followers now, don't you? Oh yeah. The, the, what was it? A week or so ago, I was. I think I, I think I'd mentioned. You know, like uh, I was college touring, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> Phil Sims follows me, and that came That's out of left cool. field. And for me, like you know, I said like as if you had told, you know, ten year old me, like at first you explained what Twitter was and told me that Phil Sims was following me on it, like my head would have exploded. And then I just took a, you know, I decided to sort of take a Hail Mary and just sent the thing to, to, you know, Eli Manning. I was like, Hey, Eli, I have, you know, Phil Sims, Kerry Collins, Danny Cannell, Dave Brown, uh, David Carr, um, even Fran Tarkenton follows me. I'm like, I have all these old giant quarterbacks. I'm like, you're not following me. And your center is too, Sean O'Hara. So come on. And then all of a sudden he follows. So uh, yeah, like it's, it, it, so it, it's, cool. it's, it's, it's a, it's a thrill for me to see that. And what I love also is especially in Carl, you've done it too. When a lot of these ex players will chime in, on the videos and stuff I show and they'll explain a little more behind the plate yeah. what's going on there. Like you've done it. Tiki's done it. Mark Collins is great with that pepper. Um, Eli's done it a wow. couple of times. So, you know, Phil Sims. Oh, that's it. awesome. So it's, it's, it's really cool. So my, yeah. I love when you, I, you know, TV has evolved and TV's changed and I work in television as well. And the way games are presented are a little bit different. And, you know, back in the day, you know, CBS was really into the tease. Now it's all about like kind of getting to the game. 
and you air some of these like game opens that are absolute classics. And me as someone who works in television, I'm also kind of observing how it's not done now and how it was done then. And I understand why it was done when those were heavily produced pieces, but you'll air those sometimes as well, which are really cool because it kind of puts things in perspective. But my mm -hmm. question for you regarding all this, have you gotten any, because we know about the business of the world, have you have you gotten harassed by the NFL or the networks for using their stuff? Or since you don't make any money off it, there's really nothing they can do about it. I mean, the answer is no. I've never been harassed with copyright strikes or anything like that, as I understand it. Because there actually there there's actually is a a group of of other teams fans that are in like the historical views of their teams, similar to what I've done with the Giants here. There's a guy who does Bills VHS. He does old Bills games. There's a New York Jets mm. history guy. There's a guy Love You Blue who's got the old Houston Oilers stuff. So there's actually kind of like a group of us getting together and we talk about like has anything happened with that for them. I have <clears throat> um you know a number of of announcers and stuff who are who are with the different networks um that follow me, you know, in addition to your to yourselves. Um I actually have some executives from Fox that follow me on there and nobody's oh, done cool. anything. So I think I think that um you know I think they're just sort of enjoying it as a curiosity. Maybe yeah. the fact that I'm not making money on any of this stuff is something they're like, okay, well whatever. Like this is just some guy and and um it's interesting and it's and it'll probably cost them more money to get a a cease and desist letter written by a lawyer than whatever I'm costing them. So they're probably like just let it go. Uh so yeah for right now I've I've been kind of going along my merry way here and people no, you know, like I said, is I, 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 I try not to, yeah, I, I try not to be arrogant about it. I try not to shove it in his face. I try to like just people seem to enjoy it and I'm just kind of going along doing it. Well, uh, Matt, we appreciate you taking a couple minutes Thank and sharing you. with our audience. Work. Yeah. And keep the content rolling. I know you're going to have a few more Packers week stuff out there. Um, maybe Lynn Dickey getting crushed by somebody or whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we appreciate you, uh, taking a couple of minutes to join us here on believe in giants. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Bob and Carl. I enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. Love it. Love the podcast. I will be there on Monday night. I'll I'll wave for my section 124 to you guys up in the booth. Uh, and when if I see you on the field before the game, I'll I'll shout something. But uh uh but thanks for having me. All right, okay. great having you on. That's Matt from Big Blue VCR. It's 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 actually Bill Parcells with a uh, voice changer, as you can see. Yeah. It's 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 phenomenal, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us. So that sets the stage, Carl, for this this run up for the Giants and Packers. Right, um, Giants are coming off their bye earlier in the week when we were taping the uh, podcast with Jonathan Vilma. Which, by the way, I want to thank Jonathan for coming on because yes. that was that was masterclass stuff, and our fans really enjoyed it. Uh, Tommy DeVito. Dable announced that Tommy DeVito was going to be the starting quarterback mm -hmm. for the Giants uh, for this week's game. And I think it's the smart play, right? I mean, Tommy DeVito is the first quarterback in the common draft era as an undrafted rookie free agent quarterback to have a passer rating of over 100 in back-to-back -back games. He's won sure. as many games as Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones have won combined. Mm -hmm. He kind of earned the right to give it another shot. And I think they will, the, 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 right? Because what's the worst case scenario? He doesn't play well and you bring Tyrod off the bench. Yeah. So the, I was just going to say that it's not like uh, Tyrod didn't make the traveling squad, if you will. Like if it were college, he got his uniform. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is a consummate pro and 
an ultimate teammate. So personally, I'm sure he's disappointed because he feels that he can help the team. But I will guarantee you he will help Tommy DeVito be his best self on Monday night as a backup quarterback with way more experience. He will give Tommy every nugget he has to make sure that his team is successful. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I can see where he's bummed because he's paid to be a backup quarterback, you know, and his time is now. The other guy is behind him, DeVito, but, you know, you you go with the, go with the hot hand, and if that hot hand gets cold, you know you got Tyrod who's going to come in and, and do his best job. Let's talk about what Tommy DeVito's facing, right? The Packers have won three in a row. Uh, their last two wins have been against teams that have won, that have at least eight wins. So it's not like they're uh, beating the lower-level teams of the NFL. They beat the Lions on Thanksgiving, then they came back and they co-signed it with a home win on Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, Carl, we don't have to get into the Jordan Love part of it yet and the offense and his maturation Let's talk a little bit more about them defensively because they got a kid from New Jersey and Rashawn Gary who gets after the quarterback. Preston Smith can get after the quarterback. Yeah. The middle linebacker. Like they have a lot of talent across the board on the defensive side of the ball. And 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 their numbers defensively are pretty impressive. I mean, they are ninth in the NFL in points allowed. And they have not allowed more than twenty four points since week four of this season. So what are, what are some of the things that you saw on tape that the Giants must be aware of, and how do they go about attacking this defense? So, Bob, I think the most impressive part of what the Packers' defense is is that they're really good, but they're no frills. Like, you got – you cut the tape on. you. Okay, so you head into a Packers game, and if you're watching TV for the last – 10 weeks of the season, nobody's talking about players on the Packers defense. Nobody talks about Smith or Gary or any of these guys. But yet when you put the tape on, you're like, these dudes are legit. Like, But there's so no frills about it that they just, you know, you got two pass rushers who – are as, as effective as any in the league right now, but they're not the hype machines, right? They're not, you're not going to hear a Micah Parsons. You're not going to hear someone on, on uh, their local station saying, well, he's not as good. Um, and somebody, you know, you're just going to cut on the tape and just watch it. And you're going to be like, this Packer defense is, they're pretty good. They, they get after it. And I think, the more people are watching them, and especially coming out of that um, Kansas City game, you get you get an idea of this team has been consistently good because it was, again, a lot of big plays in the Packers game, but they were consistent that whole game. They didn't have a lot of breakdowns. They didn't do a lot of different things. They just got after you. They get after you, and they get after you in a hard way. Um, offensively, as you were breaking down the film and looking at Jordan Love, as he's matured and as he's getting more comfortable, because he had a dark spot in the middle of the season. In fact, they came out publicly and said, we need to see more out of him, and he has certainly stepped it up. 
what was the first thing that jumped out that you and I were watching it and it was like, I, I, I think we've seen this before. Growth. <laughs> they wanted to see more um, growth. That's what it is because he looks as comfortable running this offense as Aaron Rodgers. And that, I mean, again, their splash plays look like Green Bay plays, right? It's not, I don't know how, if you've watched a really good Green Bay Packers team, it's just, it just looks like plays they should be making. When Aaron Rodgers was there, he's got great arm talent. He does this, that, and the other but they're just Green Bay Packer type plays. That's where he is now with uh, LaFleur in this offensive system, his receivers, even though he lost one, they just they just look like they're comfortable running their offense. And that's scary because it looks so routine, right? You cut the film on, again, here's their offense. This is how they run the football. This is what they do to pass the ball. I looked at the um, the Packers game, I'm, I'm a Packers, the uh, the Vikings game, and he made it look so easy. The passing game looked so easy. Um, knew everywhere he was going to go with the ball. His pre-snap reads. Um, you know, Brian Flores is a guy who will blitz you. He will give you a lot of different looks. He looked like he made every right decision in that football game. And that is, that's the Packer football that people are accustomed to seeing. It's not, you know, nobody's going to jump off the page and they'll be talking about you unless you're screwing up on, on uh, talk TV, sports TV. But then you cut the game on and you're like, damn, they're good. And they're back to being that type of team where everything just looks uniformly good and routine. It's like these are the things that when you look at a Packers game, where they are. They don't have a lot of holes. They don't have a lot of breakdowns. You have to beat them, and you're going to have to beat their scheme because they are, they're executing their scheme extremely well. Yeah, I mean, you can even go back to Favre. And one of the things, as far as their offense looking like their offense in a lot of ways, one of the things that you and I noticed, and I, I looked at some more tape during the course of the week, was how Love is now processing things a little bit better. And like a Rodgers, he's extending these plays within the pocket. He's mm-hmm. feeling pressure here. He's sliding to his left. He's stepping up. He's And these are now becoming extended plays where it's almost scramble drills. And everybody seems to know where they need to go based on that. And his movement within the pocket, forget about him running around. It's little stuff like you would see with Rodgers and like you saw with Favre, you know, scanning, scanning, scanning. Oh, I got to step up here. Scanning. Let me slide a little bit to my right. And then he's throwing guys open or guys are getting open. And it's it's pretty impressive what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So the Giants, this is going to be a challenge because you got to cover the entire play. And we saw on tape some things where it was like, dude, why are you stopping covering guys? The play's yeah. still going on. Play's still going on. You got three guys around a receiver, and they all just stop. And the receiver keeps playing, and they know the quarterback is uh, extending the play, and he's wide open as a result of it. He's covered 
until he's wide open and three guys were around him. But it's like when I talk about what Packer football looks like, you know, the the type of Packer football that we had grown accustomed to, quarterbacks are moving, but it's all controlled, right? It's not hair on fire. You know, the house is burning down around me. It's all, you know, just every move, every scramble, there's a purpose to it, right? If he steps up, there's a purpose. And the way you have to do uh, those types of quarterbacks, and it was far was no different, Rodgers was no different, you got to hit them off schedule. You got to find a way to disrupt the timing, not just to make him move in the pocket, because that's what Packers quarterbacks are taught to do. Move in the pocket, find the open receiver, and the receivers know it. You've got to start to hit them off schedule. You've got to disrupt something in the timing of their offense, and it probably has to start with stopping the run game Mm -hmm. because they're an effective run game that impacts how they pass the football. But um, this will be a big challenge. The Giants, they can't come out and play a game where they can play three quarters or two and a half quarters and then just be okay down the stretch. They've got to be consistent throughout the game because that's the type of offense they're facing. That's the type of defense that they're facing. Like these guys are just steady as you go, really, really good football uh, players, but they're not, there's not going to be a, a splash play that they'll, they have their pressure packages, but it just all looks the same. It looks like really good Packers football again. I want to get something off my chest. When we were when it was when Dable announced that Tommy DeVito was going to be the starting quarterback on Tuesday, uh, I got hit with a barrage of tweets, and I think you might have been tagged on a bunch of them. Yeah. It was like, what what is Dable doing? This goes to show that he's really inexperienced. He doesn't know what he's doing. Why is he announcing on Tuesday who the starting quarterback is going to be for Monday? Why not keep keep the Packers guessing and unsure of who to prepare for? And some teams will do that. But I think here's where that thought process is completely wrong in this specific situation. And I'm going to give my opinion, and I couldn't type it all on X. Hmm. My opinion is this. What Dable did was he announced that DeVito was the starting quarterback. There were media avails that day. He's got a young kid who's an undrafted free agent who's kind of riding high, having won two in a row, getting ready to play on Monday night football in a stadium 10 minutes from his house. Mm-hmm. You announce it. Forget about the Packers. The Giants have to do what they're going to do. And basically right. the offense is relatively the same whether Tyrod's playing or DeVito's playing at this point. What you've what he's done, which I think was brilliant, was let's get it out of the way. Let's mm-hmm. let Tyrod's going to express his disappointment, which he did to the media. I'm going to field all these questions. Now he took a few more questions on Wednesday, but then um, Dable is, but then he kind of cut it short. DeVito got his interview. The last thing you wanted during the course of this week is every single day that there were media veils. So who's starting a quarterback on Monday night? Yeah. Who are you going to have a quarterback? I'm like, we're still evaluating that. What da, da, da. They knew coming off the bye 
who they were going to have as their starting quarterback. They had a bye week to discuss it. They came back. They had their meetings as a staff, and then Dable making the final call. In this situation, eliminating distractions within the locker room, I think, was the right move. Get it out of the way on Tuesday and a little bit on Wednesday, and that way you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not a distraction. So I think well, it was Bob, the smart move. It was, but here's the other thing, too, Bob. The players will not have to answer these questions all week either. That's yeah, that's really what I mean. That's 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 the crux of it. Right. Is that so because then it becomes, you know, you ask the question 150 ways if you're a journalist, if you don't have an answer. And then it becomes, well, who do you prefer to be the quarterback? Well, what would you like to see uh back there if Danny, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, if Tyrod or Tommy or out there. What's the difference in the two? Right. Do they throw? You get all these by by these these uh, ancillary stories that come out of a non decision by a head coach by putting it out there. Now everybody can go back to work and focus. You get one story and you get probably two days worth of of coverage on it. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you don't need Jalen Hyatt every day asking, being asked a question as to, well, who do you think is going to play? Who got the most reps? Who who throws a different kind? Like it's right or Slayton or whomever. It do, it doesn't matter. Well, that that seeing this this is kind of in that same vein. Um, Kim Jones, our friend, asked about Isaiah Hodgins, and it became a whole well. Why do, doesn't he deserve more playing time? And it took on a whole a whole line of questioning from Kim, but that very easily could have become a whole issue by amongst other reporters following up on it. I just think Dable just said, look, he's giving these guys that packages, you know, and this is the way it's working. But, you know, had another reporters started to follow up on that and then they take it to the locker room and they start asking those questions that's how these things get going so um, a quarterback situation would definitely have taken on a life of its own oh like you wouldn't know anything about that sims yeah. hostetler i mean remember yeah. that whole fiasco oh yeah that whole oh, yeah. training camp in 91 yep. i mean it was brutal make a yep. decision and roll with it and this way it's on board and it becomes a, a dead issue and hopefully Tommy plays well. Um, before I move on, do you have anything else that you want to talk about with this game? Because I want I got to get to the other thing. Uh, no, I think we we covered it. I I, I really want to see how the Giants come out in this game. This is, you know, the Packers are more of a polished version. And I hope they don't take this the wrong way of what the Washington Commanders defense used to look like. You know, just steady as you go, just all day, every play, they were going to be there. When they had those, they had their 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 edge and their inside guys, and they had a backer. It was just you knew every single play you had to line up and you had to block somebody. They weren't taking plays off. That's how I see this Packers. Uh, defense and the challenge of the Giants' offensive line. It's like, you know, sometimes you got to plan for a stunt or these guys are going to blitz this way. This is a team that just lines up. You got to worry about their base defense first before you even get into the other stuff that they can do. So um, that was kind of the analogy. But when you look back on when Washington were 
were good defensively uh, with that same group. Um, that's what you had, just had to worry about individual players. So um, just in buttoning up the game, um, this is the 99th year of Giants football. Monday night will be the 1,400th wow. regular season game for the Giants. If they were to win, they would earn their 400th regular season home victory in franchise history. And if they were to win, they would record their 720th regular season victory. Obviously, the Bears and Packers have been around longer, so they've got yeah. more. But um, it kind of there's a nice historical symmetry in their 99th year going against French, uh, a franchise that's in their 104th or 105th year, uh, 104th year. If the Giants could kind of hit those numbers against the Green Bay Packers, you know, yeah. original teams in the NFL. Now it's it's uh, it's the legacy game, so the Giants going to wear the uniforms of the 80s and mm -hmm. 90s, which Big Blue VCR has been pumping out videos of all that stuff. But there's also earlier this week. Now we talked a lot about the black ice and your NHL endeavor with mm -hmm. starter, and we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast Matt Swenson, who's a, an elite photographer for the Giants, and Michael Beckton, who shoots amazing video. And uh, these guys are the Unbelievable. best. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this jacket that you got a whole lot of people wearing, and it's pretty cool, right? I mean. Yeah, you got, you got the rappers from the '80s involved in it. You got former teammates involved in it. It's LT's holding the cigar. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So what? What I wanted to do uh, because this was a Monday Night Football game because uh, that giant, that black Giants jacket, it actually existed. People, it was another rare jacket, and you mean like the red one? Yeah, it was rare. Um, a lot of, I saw a lot of people jump on this jacket never existed. Oh, it, it existed. Um, but Monday night was all about New York city nights or New York city lights. And I wanted to be able to storytell around the brand as it related to the lights, the celebrity and what it means to play on Monday night football. And how I could tie all of that together because it was during a period where uh, music and sports, there was such a symmetry in New York City with um, with artists. And they were big fans of the team, overt fans of the team. And so we put this whole thing together and uh, some of the most memorable stuff for New York City Lights was you know, our bad fellas poster, me, Pepper, mm -hmm. and um, and the goat, Lawrence Taylor. And I wanted to recreate that. Um, and if we had to do it again in this era, we would be in Cadillac Escalades. We wouldn't be in stretch limousines, right? But we get to tell a story of then versus now. So we we recreated that that bad fellas uh photo shoot. And it was so cool, too, because I reached out. The first person I always run stuff by is Pepper. And he's like, oh, I'm 100% down for this. And I says, do you want me to call Lawrence or you're going to call him? He said, I'll reach out and then you follow up. So he reached out, 
said, Lawrence says, call him. So I explained to Lawrence what we were doing. And he was so on board. He shows up. It's the funniest thing. And I, you know, if you guys look at that video that's posted, number one, the love is genuine, but just like the humor, it's just some of the things that we were saying during that, that shoot was similar to what we were saying during the original shoot. And then I said, I want to be able to incorporate current players. And I think what kind of embodies that that spirit was McFadden and Bobby O'Karake having oh. great years. Um, they show up in big games. And I was like, I'm going to see if they would be willing to participate in it. And both guys said yes, and we gave them their own photo shoot. Um, and so it's it's a whole thing, right? Like New York City lights is, you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And the light stays bright when you are you're you're able to um to win here in this town. And it was just a great period. And um this jacket, um went on sale and it wasn't like somebody said they must have only put 50 jackets up on sale because they sold out in an hour and 20 minutes. And it was a lot of jackets. Um, I hope to be able to restock it, but the stadium on Monday night, they are actually um, at, at the MetLife stadium. They have it in the store for those attending the game. And they just asked for any inventory that I was probably planning on restocking next week online, which wasn't a ton, but it was enough to you know keep keep people going. They just reached out and like, we'll take everything you got. Um, so folks, you <laughs> stay tuned, but if you can get to the stadium, um, that's your best opportunity to get get in on it. And the hoodie was really the hoodie is selling out too. Um, which is really cool. So um, we put together just kind of a real fun uh, storytelling moment because we incorporated what New York City lights were like with people who uh, were the biggest stars in New York uh, in one way, shape, or form. And they just happened to have an affinity for the Giants, hardcore affinity for the Giants, and um, happened to be really, really good dudes, and they loved the starter brand. So it was just all this whole organic uh, fusion of of culture and sport. And you know, we celebrated. You know, we're celebrating fifty years of hip hop. But do you know what it's like to have two of the biggest stars or influential people in? the history of a genre that happened to be major, major giant fans, like hardcore giants fans. And then you look back on album covers and they're wearing starter jackets, or you look on the, the cover of a magazine from the nineties or the eighties. And these guys are wearing not just starter jackets, but giant starter jackets, right? Which is the coolest thing ever because Though you have mega stars now showing their football fandom and not caring because it was a status symbol, like, and I think that was just really cool, man. 
it's pretty awesome. It's, uh, I mean, between the, the black ice <clears throat> NHL initiative yeah, and that, and now this one. So what is, what's the name of it? The, the starter jacket. Yeah. Like it's the, called, the, we're, it's, it's New York city lights hashtag bad fellas. So we replaced our suits in this, this current photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, we replaced the suits in the limo with black starter jackets and black escalates. I so New it. York City lights, hashtag bad fellas. That's it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. It, it looks it I think I think you just like we were talking um with Big Blue VCR, mm -hmm. I think it really just touches a lot of people, like seeing the band back together again. Yeah, and all that other stuff. I think it's, I, I think it's awesome. So if you're going to the stadium, it's legacy game. It's Monday night football. Maybe instead of getting yourself the uh, Italian sausage and peppers as you're walking in, or grabbing a hot dog or a cold beer, you may want to go to the team store right away if you really want to get one of these jackets. Yeah, you might want to do that. And the Giants are actually running a sweepstakes on a the, a jacket. There's one that Pepper, myself, and Lawrence signed. So that there's going to be an opportunity for some lucky fan to win that jacket. Um, and then stay tuned for the Batfellas, uh, the, the the poster and slash Batfellas hoodie uh, that Lawrence, Pepper, and I uh, wore on the set. I think everybody in the group, we can't do it without their sign-off. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody amongst us, want to figure out how to make it happen and i just want to do it the right way and i gave you know pepper and lawrence both my word that nothing would be released to the public outside of what we wore on that on that set um until we can all figure out how to make it work for everybody and and we we do and we want it to happen so guys stay tuned hopefully um we can make an announcement by before um the holiday or before the new year so that you guys can have that stuff but i want to be able to incorporate with the product the, the apparel that actual poster too uh that we just shot the re the redo so that's awesome be fun. all right yeah good luck with it how do we like to end it tell a friend to tell a friend believe, believe in, in giants, giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.